Hey everybody, Shaman Hawk here. I'm going to talk a little bit about shamanic apprenticeships and why they are so important. You know, this shamanic apprenticeship <clears throat> is that path a person will take when they decide they want to become the shaman. Now, not everybody passes through these uh, apprenticeships, particularly through my lineage. The, <laughs> the joke is that you don't pass our apprenticeships, you survive them. We have a tendency to be a little extreme, I suppose, you know, compared to a lot of other places or other lineages. <clears throat> and the reason is because we really deal with the more extreme cases where a lot of people don't want to be in the negative energy areas or be where there's bad things happening. You know, I look at it with the same mentality I had when I joined the Marine Corps. You know, you know, I want to just do the absolute best in the absolute worst places. I mean, that's where you make the impact. You know, people really don't come to see the shaman anyway when everything's working out all wonderful in their life. People don't people don't drop in and make a point and say, oh, I just thought I'd come in and tell you how wonderful my life is. No, they usually come in when their life, you know, really is chaotic and they're wondering what's the point of continuing living a lot of times. So I get those kinds of cases. So to do that, you know, you have to be in the extreme places. And in apprenticeships, often we will create the extreme condition. You know, it's a controlled environment that the apprentice can go through a lot of their issues, break down their own barriers, you know, um, <clears throat> drop blockages and programming. <clears throat> but these areas have to be created in a controlled space. And it takes a lot of planning and um, operation a lot of logistics involved but you get the great result and that great result is like kind of like the Damascus steel you know it's heat, heated up so much and folded into itself so often it becomes this awesome element for the finest tools you know so and that's what we try to do when we create uh, shamans from our lineage into our apprenticeships now, a lot of people will decide somewhere in the apprenticeship that they don't want to go through the whole thing. And that's fine, you know, because in that process of self-discovery, uh, people say, wow, I, I thought I wanted to be the shaman, but realistically, I don't. I have this other thing I want to do. And it's still in my mind is like, well, congratulations on that discovery. You know, you're still doing what you think is best for you. You're, you're open to yourself. You're trusting yourself. And you're pursuing your own passions and living your life to the fullest of its capability. You know, and that's an awesome thing because so many people just don't do that. A main part of the um, shamanic apprenticeship is following the shaman, working with the shaman as the assistant and observing. So instead of having like, you go to these shamanic schools and have these lesson plans and you know, workbooks and things like that, and then they get their certificate, and then they become instructors. This whole phenomenon, this, this whole human, uh, new age thing is just sadly comical, but I just see it happening so in so many aspects of spiritual evolution or growth. But in here, in the shamanic, the true apprenticeship, I will talk to the apprentice about the appointments that's coming up. And then they will watch. And I tell my friends, don't make any emotional responses, facially, body language. I just, you just sit there 
neutral, completely neutral, because your response can trigger something else that may take me a while to clear up. So they have to be really disciplined on this and know that they can hear some things that might seem a bit shocking. But th the apprentice will watch me change within the appointment according to the needs of that person. And they'll ask me about that. Well, what were you thinking when you, I noticed you were a little acting a little out of character here. Why? And a lot of that will be responses from what I'm getting from the, the client, you know, empathically, visions that I get. And uh, some of my apprentices that uh, have seen me act completely out of character and borderline verbally abusive to one man in particular. But later on, he came back and goes, yeah, I know exactly why you did that, you know, for these reasons. And here's where my mind frame and you shocked me this way. And here's how I'm looking at things now. I'm like, bingo. And then my apprentices are like, how did you know? Like, well, I didn't. I trusted in the flow. I trusted the pictures that I got, and I, and I did the pictures, and I got the right result. So this, again, is why it's so important, you know, to for the deprogramming and self-clearing and the self-centering, you know. And there's a huge difference in between centered and self and self-centered. You know, and I'll get into that in another episode, but centered in self is your core, your personal alignment. And the apprenticeship takes you into that point because often they're sitting there with appointments. The apprentice will watch the client go through lots of shifts. And then later on after the client leaves, they go, wow, I have some of the same issues happening with me. And here's how I related to that person. Like, yeah, well, you won't get that in a school. You won't get that in a, a workbook. You know, you'll get a lot of theories. The real shamanic apprenticeship is hands-on application. You know, watching it. I mean, now with the travel restrictions, we do a lot of uh, appointments with apprentices. <clears throat> and I've even delegated or helped people delegate work to where sh um, shamanic apprentices can help other lower level apprentices <clears throat> come up through some of the beginning phases. And that's a normal thing. That's, I mean, that's been done throughout the ages because once the person... It's like, you know, you get one kid that's like nine years old that learned how to ride a bike, can teach a six-year-old how to ride a bike. You might not teach it how to jump and do all the fancy things or compete in races, you know, but at least you can help that person get the basic balance they need to operate that piece of machinery through that life path. Same thing with swimming, any sports, any skill sets in life. So during these lockdowns, you know, and all the travel restrictions, we're doing more of the online things. No, it's not as good as being with the shaman, watching hours and hours of appointments, you know, go through for days on end or doing any of the geomancy work. But, you know, we'll get around that somehow. You know, we'll all things come to a halt and we'll probably we'll get through this and we'll do some catch up times. And and we'll also look at how this has actually improved the a lot of the work and philosophies in the shamanic relation or um, apprenticeships. I almost said relationships, but actually it's a, that's part of it too. I mean, there is a kind of a, a bonding and a relationship between the shaman and the apprentice. And of course, often within the other apprentices, because while they're trying to learn a methodology, they're also learning so much about them individually and collectively 
each one of them is going on their unique path to become that unique shaman. So uh, the one thing that, that, that really messes this up publicly in the shamanic field or the whole new age thing is these people who did not go through any type of formal training at all um, they just they channeled their cat and their cat told them they were a shaman or they had a reading that said that they were a shaman whatever and then because of marketing computer graphics and whatever they got <clears throat> an awesome following and it's people like me and and my people that clean up the pieces from these people you know that just that are just doing their experimentation on the masses you know, much like, you know, young kids go out, get out of high school, go to college, you know, get their degree and become therapists, you know, with no life experience. And they're trying to, like, help people get their life straight. Age does have a huge impact on a lot of this work because of experiential learning. Now, uh, older shamanic apprentices, they have a lot of background and life preference point. But unfortunately, they have a lot of uh, philosophies of this is how it is. This is how things are. So with those people, the deprogramming effort can be much more time consuming and go through a lot more um, arduous work. Whereas a younger person could be more open to things. They, they have their idealism of how things should be. And if they can get around that... And just keep stay in the moment, you know. The, the apprenticeship can flow well. One of the things that I tell people too is just never, ever think you've got it figured out, because you'll be surprised, and often in a bad way at the wrong time. So you have to look at each person. Even if you get a wave, we get waves of clients are going through similar things, but you have to look at each person absolutely clear clean first time you know they, even if they have a lot of similarities of the other people before them they are still unique and so in the shamanic apprenticeship it's a, a lot of disciplined focus a lot of hearing what's being said in between the lines uh, the geomancy the alchemy uh, and another important lesson is we you learn a lot of basic energetic rules and then when you of how things normally work and then you start the series of when it doesn't apply and you'll you'll learn into this series for the rest of your life but there's some cautionary things to look like for screening for double checking yourself and really learning <clears throat> to self-read you know what is your particular system for identifying the right thing to do at the right time. And this is so important. <coughs> Excuse me, talking too much. So, um, the shamanic apprentice, for the most part, is about the self-exploration of the apprentice themselves. Because, like I said, when people come to see the shaman, it's usually at a really critical time. It's a time when, you know, life's not going well and they put that shaman in a position of great power, you know, and uh, great responsibility and a great impact. So that shaman, you know, you, you as a shaman have to really be on the mark. You really have to be able to lose yourself, 
you know, and be that clear, uh, absolutely uh, clean vessel for information to come through so you can accurately relay it and apply it in the way that's going to be heard best, you know, by the person you're giving it to. Same thing with your readings, uh, your energy healings, your any of the work, specialized work um, that you're going through at that time. And I say going through at that time because the apprentices also learn how these waves start to work. Meaning that, oh, we're having a lot of appointments about past life regressions this month. And like, yeah. And then later on, it's about pregnancy fertility issues. And it's about, you know, people coming to you because of death dates by doctors because they have terminal diseases. And they get to see these waves that come through. <clears throat> so, and they have to know themselves. <coughs> no, excuse me. So this is just so important. But when people don't do these apprenticeships, they miss all that. You know, and I've talked to some of these people who run these schools that wanted me to work for the school. And that's almost an insult, you know. And that was an ego issue, but sorry. But something these people are like, you listen to what they want me to relay as their teachings. And it's stuff that I really do not believe in. Absolutely do not believe in it. And would not even repeat and give it any credit. And like, where did you get this from? You know, oh, my teacher, my master, you know, oh, you you got that before you got on your cert certificate, right? And none of this stuff's tested. And I tell people that if I tell you something, it's because I did it. I know the effects. Or I'll tell you that someone I trust did this and I trust them and this is their results. Or I'll tell you, this is a theory. I don't know if it'll work or not. I'm still experimenting with it. So it's that honesty. And when I'm working with people with terminal illness, I, I tell them I don't promise you anything other than the fact that I'll, I will listen to you wholeheartedly and do the absolute very best I can for you. But I'm not, you know, I can't give you any promises. And there have been some times where it didn't work. So my apprentices also see where I didn't hit the mark. You know, I tried and someone still died. You know, or we lost somebody for just whatever reason. And they get, they see how I handle that. You know, and I, and yeah, they ask me, would you have done something differently? Now, yeah. But back then I could say I was the best man, the best shaman I could be at that time. So I don't think I could have done anything any differently for that person. And there's always circumstance and variables. And the shamanic apprentice gets to see those as well that you will just not see in a class, in a workbook. So the living apprenticeship is so important, you know, to become the good shaman, to become the good shamanic practitioner. Um, as a general rule, we have a four-year minimum, you know, on the apprenticeships. They can take longer depending on well, what the person wants to specialize in, it just it just doesn't take less than that to get through everything because that seems to be the normal growing period. You know, um, back in my day, it was usually seven to eight years and a two-year journey. So we get the four-year apprenticeships and then a two-year journey, and that's six years. 
I uh, said, so that's almost a doctor, right? So, and it's important too to take the apprentice back and go, remember back when we first talked about these issues, what your responses were? And they'll give you like, oh yeah, you know, I can't believe that now. Because I'll also tell apprentices in the beginning, like, here's some subjects that we're going to cross into and talk about. And they'll just look at me in shock sometimes. Okay, and I just and I tell them, I just want you to remember the emotions you have when we're talking about this now. Because a couple of years from now, I'm going to bring it up again. And then they, they all do the same thing. I did it. You know, people looking back on things, subjects, and they're like, no, I'm not being part of that. You know, and then later it's like, why'd I resist? And that just goes to show that how much reality is all perception. And why the apprenticeships are so important with that, because they'll shatter the realities that were formed by these perceptions that were usually given to them by someone else. And that's a huge revelation for the shamanic apprentice when they say, well, I really never did believe in these things. Why did I go along with that story for so long? Well, because that was given to you at a very, very early age. Humans are pack animals. We fear rejection because in the early days, rejection meant death. And so we went along with that because of some of your foundation, you know, you you hold on to it so long and so many things sprang from that. So they, again, then in the shamanic apprenticeship, they start to undermine or renovate their foundation. This makes everything that's built on top of that feel very unstable. Now, I also did construction for many, many years. And when you want to build a bigger building on the existing foundation, <clears throat> either you have to build a new foundation or you have to splice into the other one, you know, and make it as strong as you can under the circumstances. Well, that becomes particularly more difficult as people start the apprenticeship later in life. It's not impossible. It's just a different procedure than if you're starting with someone earlier in life. I mean, the ideal age for apprenticeships, uh, I, I really don't know. I think the younger, the better, you know. Um, but the environment has to be conducive to that as well. Because if it becomes a secretive thing, like I grew up living in between two worlds, you know, the the white Christian, red Christian, <clears throat> and then the pagan Celtic, Druidic, Native American world. And obviously you can guess which one didn't tell the other one everything about what they do. And because it would be shocking to the other side. And of course, all the programming that goes with it. So in the shamanic apprenticeship, the, people, the apprentice learns to live between the worlds. And this is a very valuable lesson. And in that, they also start to minimalize and redefine reality, or at least perceived reality and accepted reality. And I also tell them, that there's, I see re three types, universal reality, how things are in physics and, and chemistry, perceived reality, how you think they are, and accepted reality, how you act on your perceived reality. Well, the shamanic apprentice gets to really look at all this and how it applies to them. And then when they 
go through that first renovation process, I say, okay, this was good. You got a lot out of this. Don't you feel more balanced? They say, yeah, good. You're going to go through this again and again and again. And just be okay with it. Because the mind, as we get older, wants us to be accomplished in something. That's part of our ego thing. So when we have to always go through this renovation process, it makes us sometimes feel like we don't know what we're doing because we had to change things. No. It's just like archaeology or geology. You go through one layer that was created by a lot of events. And then when you get even deeper, you know, you get a completely different uh, composite because of the events that were happening then too. And then you have to allow yourself to change. So in the shamanic apprenticeship, it's it's all about allowing yourself to go through the metamorphosis and the changes, you know, required to play the next part of the next phase you're going through. And that's the other thing is the shamanic apprentice thinks often that once you become that shaman, it's going to be this way, this particular way, which a lot of trades and professions, that's true, but definitely not in this one. You know, and this can be a full-time job where you just travel and do this work. But I would give it more of a comparison than to a theater company. You know, you can be part of a series for a little while. You know, you're, you're part of this TV show. You're part of this sitcom or uh, drama tragedy. <laughs> Those are the worst ones. And you're playing this part. And then you go through this metamorphosis period for a while to change you to be prepared to go into the next part that you play for the next uh, series or, or whatever's going on in the world at that time. And it can move you to a completely different location, lifestyle, the whole demographics change is different. So one of the first things that the shamanic apprentice has to learn is that mutability. You have to be able to lose yourself into the character you need to be for that time. Then the next thing that comes up is, well, then what is the truth? You know, why can't I just be me? Well, because you may be the uh, antagonist to the character this person is at that time. You know, so you have to work. It's leverage, camouflage, you know, whatever you need to do to get in there to do your best work. And people say, well, that's kind of deceptive. Well, you could look at it that way. You know, or you could look at it as camouflage can also be something that doesn't create the disturbance. You know, the, the mutability can allow you to play the part that creates a, the less disturbance. So you can go in and work with people, um, help change people, get people to see the truth in a way that is not as shocking. And it, it makes them proactive instead of reactive. You know, you can basically tell anybody anything if you deliver it well. And so that's a lot of part of it. Is that the, the apprentice needs to learn public speaking. They need to learn the acting skills, the theater, the public speaking. Um, <clears throat> they need to learn to perform in the caricature that is the tool for the event and the situation at that time. So these are things you just will not learn, you know, at the shamanic school, in the shamanic online courses, I mean, you can't. I mean, how could you learn something like that? 
I mean, if anybody has an idea for that, please tell me. It would help me improve my work towards my apprentices. Okay, um, so that's a brief overview of shamanic apprenticeships. Again, if you guys have uh, questions, try to leave comments and so on. Um, if you like any of my stuff, you know, please share it. You know, I don't make any money off these things. I'm really trying to get the world to be in an awesome place so my grandkids can, you know, live wonderful lives freely and in great health. You know, I really believe in, I have great faith in humanity. No matter, no matter what the stupid things that they do at times, you know, I really do have great faith in humanity when they're clear, you know. Um, we're, we're a wonderful species and I think we need a, a better chance and I hope to provide that. Catch you guys later.